Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. How are you guys? We're hoping that you're doing well. Tiffany and I think about you constantly, and we want to say a huge shout out and a thank you to everyone who came to our virtual Zoom room birthday party. It was so much fun to gather with you guys and be able to see you in real time and to do giveaways. By the way, those will be shipping out soon for those of you who won. And it was such a joy, you guys, to be able to be with you. So thank you for turning up and turning out for the birthday party. So I just want to say thank you for your honesty, the fact that you told everyone that neither of us have sent out the gifts they got because it's true. <laughs> you know it's true. It's true. I mean, I have not been to the post office all year long, and I just happened to have to ship many things in the in the next couple of days. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And guys, um, we're sorry. Thank you for your grace and your goodness. And you will have your cheese plates, your mugs, your books. It's all coming. Don't worry. Starbucks <laughs> we, cards. Starbucks um, card. Yep. Are, is is your post office like DMV? adjacent like is it as bad as a dmv experience because ours is it's bad yes i mean well the one we live at now like the one we live close to now is not as bad but yes in our former apartment here in la yeah it was a struggle i mean sometimes the line would be down the street oh you're just my like why goodness. why would i why would i and then also if you have your kids with you it's like come <gasps> on i don't yeah they can't act right they're gonna be grabbing boxes and throwing things and writing on stuff they shouldn't be writing on like it just doesn't work guys <laughs> it doesn't it really doesn't it doesn't and speaking uh, of kids i wanted to tell you guys a hilarious story about my son and poor thing well first of all thank god he's a man because his honesty you guys is going to get him in so much trouble just like his mother <laughs> but not to the same degree because of you know he's male but this morning his teacher very graciously at the end of their zoom decided to read them a story which she hardly ever does and usually he really enjoys them but at the end of the story he she asked them class did you enjoy the story? And then my son, like he's the former Senator John McCain on the Senate floor about to vote yay or nay for the Obamacare, he puts his hand straight out in a fist and then dramatically at the last second turns it down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just it's thumbs down good. all the way. I was like, child, I don't think you understand. His teacher's very gracious, thank God. But this is the kind of um, things that we're dealing with on the Zoom. So, you guys, it's um, it's next level, okay? It's just next level. It uh, is. Oh, I love it. How <sighs> close do you sit when he's on the? I need I need to picture this. Oh, Give I'm me some right sensory to, oh, <laughs> to make sure he's staying. Yeah. On so it. Okay, we, got you. Yeah, I mean, because you know, because you have you have one in kindergarten. I mean, if you're yeah. not sitting next to them, it's most like it's difficult for them to focus, to pay attention. Also, when the teacher's like, "Can you please pull out your uh, basket? What are the, that little math thing yeah, that has the numbers yeah. that you count? That thing, abacus. There it is." And you know, they don't know where stuff is, and they don't know what they be doing. So you just got to sit there the whole time, the whole time. I feel yeah. I'm basically a personal assistant. One hundred between the hours of eight until whenever we can get done. You don't today know, right? at Jericho, and you're feeding um, them. So same thing. <laughs> yes. Eat this. You have your next class call in five minutes. Um, <laughs> Jericho, I I was sitting 
in the office. My my oldest is in fourth grade and cannot really be left alone. You never know. He might be on Amazon. You don't know what he's going to get to. <laughs> so I'm sitting and I'm just like two feet away from him. I have to play worship music during it in my earbuds just to be able to focus. Mm-hmm. And I just sit and while he does this thing. And, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> stop moving around. You know, like, please stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm afraid he's going to like break the earphone cords in his hands. Anyway, he pulls off his headphones so dramatically. He's like, mom. Somebody just held up a picture that looks like poop. And I'm like, you are interrupting <laughs> your class to take off your headphones and tell me this. You better put those things back. Anyway, yeah. It's just too much, Ashley. It's a whole thing. It's too much. I know. I, and my heart goes out to all the teachers. I salute you. Oh, now you I feel like I'm getting saints. a window into your life. And gosh, mm-hmm. it is, it's a true calling. I mean, it's a literal calling. And thank you for your sacrifices for the greater good um, and the underpaid greater good. We love you and we appreciate you. <laughs> So guys, we're carrying through with our series on faith and politics, and today is a topic that Tiffany and I are both passionate about because we really love relationship, and we believe in keeping relationship a priority and loving people, whether we agree with them or not. And so this episode specifically today came out of a bunch of direct messages I'm getting on Instagram and on Facebook, text messages people are sending me, conversations I'm having in real life. And basically it's like, help, politics is ruining my family. And people's parents are upset with them about how they're choosing to vote or what they might be posting on social media. And families are feeling like they're divided. And I think there's a lack of discipleship around politics. You know, we don't talk about it enough in the church. And so what we're seeing is that some people think that one party is, you know, the antichrist demonized you know, villain of the earth party. And then there's other people who are a little bit more chill than that. (laughs) And so everybody's kind of all over the map with this. And I've been really sad about some of the direct messages that I'm getting, but grateful for an opportunity to encourage people. um, Because it's really important that we understand that politics don't have to ruin our relationships. Yeah. And that we don't have to allow politics to keep us from being family. And we also have a great will and mind to set boundaries and to have relationships set up in a way that they can flourish, even if we don't agree with one another. So we want to talk about that today. As if politics are ruining your family, this this podcast episode is just for you. Okay. And I think that one of the things to keep in mind when it comes to politics, ruining your family life, like there's a couple things, Tiffany and I each want to share um, both scripture, personal experience, and then kind of how you can lay out boundaries for yourself. But I think one of the main priorities and something I always try to encourage people in is wherever you can do this, make relationship the priority. And when I say make relationship the priority, what I'm not communicating to you is that everything the other person does is okay, or that you can sweep it under the rug, or that you don't ever have to actually have hard conversations that you don't want to have. But what I'm saying is relationship is the priority. Like for the next 30 days on Facebook, they have this amazing feature and it's like a little thing you can do. You can click the little three dots next to a post and it comes down and you can set snooze for the next 30 days. So there are a few friends and family members who are hell bent on one side or the other of making very large, grandiose, mostly false statements. <laughs> so you know what I'm doing? I'm just snoozing them for 30 days. I don't need to fight come with them. Now, girl. They're just acquaintances. They're or maybe like friends that I'm gonna see in real life that I actually enjoy their company in real life, but not online. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna snooze them for 30 days. It's not worth the argument. 
And then when it comes to things like your parents, for example, which I've gotten that from so many people, um, parents are having a really hard time right now with their kids. Based One might be more conservative, one might be more liberal. Um, and so I think it's okay to have disagreements there. Some people are diehard Republicans, Democrats, independents for life, and it's just who they are. It's how they've been voting for 30, 40 years. You are very unlikely to change their mind about anything. And it may not be divisive, it's just different. And that's a situation where, again, you make relationship priorities. And then there are deeper situations that we've been hearing about. And I certainly have experienced this not in my own family, but in in, um, the churches that I've been a part of, where people will say, you know, you're not a Christian if you don't vote for Donald Trump. You're not a Christian if you do vote for Donald Trump. You're not a Christian if you're um, a liberal leftist. You're not a Christian if you're a Republican bigot. I mean, it's like, come on, guys. Like, can we just... What are we really in these streets doing? Okay, like, what is everybody really out here in these streets doing? And so I think that when it gets to the point where one side is being demonized or being told they're the antichrist or they're being told, you know, whatever it might be, and have your opinions about the president. It's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the partisan, like Republican, Democrat, independent situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important for us to recognize, like, there's really no talking people out of that stuff. Like, yeah. and if you notice, every time you try to argue with someone who has these opinions, what what happens? It just goes in circles because they're trying to convince you and you're trying to convince them. And so I think it's important at that point to put up a boundary. And you personally get to decide what is that boundary? <laughs> do I want this person to be able to speak like this to me? Or do I need to say, hey, you know what? When it comes to politics, I'd prefer not to have this conversation with you because it hurts. It doesn't feel good. And we might disagree, but that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me aligning with the devil or a, a, a antichrist party. It just means that we disagree on this and that's okay. And so it's all right for you to hold a boundary there and you get to determine what those are. And all of those choices that I just mentioned are making relationship the priority. <laughs> you don't need to fight with people. You don't have to explain yourself to everyone. And you certainly don't have to defend every value and conviction that you have. I think it's important for you to realize that. And I want to say also that no party is the Christian party. The Republican party is not the Christian party. The Democratic party is not the Christian party. The the centrist and the independents are not some kind of virtuous party. Nobody is the Christian party. If you were to lay them out next to the Bible and next to the standard of Jesus, there would be absolutely no way either could measure up. And it was not designed to do that. In fact, our founding fathers created the separation of church and state for a reason so that people could determine how to govern for the greater good, not how to govern for how Christians would like things to go, but how to govern for the greater good because we have constituents in our nation and not just Christians in our nation. And so it's so important that we say outright, that no party is the Christian party, okay? Absolutely. Tiffany, what do you want to add? <laughs> yeah, I love how you said that just because I vote this way doesn't make me a bad person, and just Correct. because they vote that way doesn't make them a bad person, Yes. right? And just, just to piggyback off, last week, if you haven't listened to last week, I encourage you to pause this, go listen to last week on humanizing the other, because this conversation yeah. can't even happen until you've heard that first one. And as we yeah. talked about humanizing the other, I love how you are framing this all in relationship, because that's what yeah. politics does, right? Because there's yes. so much fear-mongering involved, and there's yeah. so much posturing involved, it's this ends up being this vicious cycle where nobody's yeah. going to win. No, that's right. If you are are pitting yourself against something like you're just not going to win and it it really it, it it doesn't 
it doesn't build. Like if you're thinking yeah. of how am I building or destroying this relationship? How am I growing closer with this person? We're talking about people, you know, in yeah. your family, family, friends. We're talking about your world. We're not talking about everybody out out there. We're talking about people in right. your sphere, right? The people that yes. you do life with or, you know, family that you have biologically been assigned to do life with. Yes. Um, because just as you said, I think especially when there's parent-child relationship, that um, I know better than you and that domineering, like you yeah. need to do this because I do this, yeah. that can just hit a nerve that's like, wait, what? Like yeah. I'm a grown person. Exactly. And you're trying to tell me how to be? Like, wait, what? So being able to step back and be like, my relationship is so valuable. This relationship means something. Mm-hmm. And we can't let ideology take over. Now, mm-hmm. does that mean that somebody can let injustice fly or we can let these big things go? That's not what we're saying. We're just right. saying in every conversation, there has to be that baseline, that foundation saying this relationship matters more yeah. than how I vote, how you vote. All that to say, we are citizens of heaven. If you mm-hmm. ascribe to following the way of Jesus, we have all agreed that following Jesus and living in his way and leaning into his spirit and allowing his spirit to lead us right. means that relationship matters. Jesus was constantly yeah. in relationship with people who thought differently, who likely voted Come differently on. than him. We, we can who very also much in guess. just bad yes. people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he didn't cut them out, yes. right? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He treated them like sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. He treated them like family. Yes. He humanized them, and he made sure that there was open communication. I think of Zacchaeus. I think Me of too. even That's the woman exactly at the well. <laughs> yeah, um, there's just so many beautiful examples of yeah. how to love and keep the main thing the main thing. Yes. Because you know what? I don't even. You know how like it used to be every four years it went crazy and everybody got heated. It's all the time now. All the time now, I right? Agree. Like that is that isn't yeah. an every four year thing anymore. This is like yeah. everybody's at a ten. Everybody thinks they're right, mm-hmm. and there. Of course, we're gonna have our leanings. Of course, mm-hmm. but we cannot hold to our leanings, and especially if we tie that and saying this is the Christian way, mm-hmm. um, at the expense of loving others. Yes. And I think, too, this is like what's been interesting for me in the last four or five years is that I didn't grow up in evangelicalism. And so I was not introduced to this until like my mid 20s. And I was so naive to the political nature of this conversation. I mean, I grew up in a home where you could debate about nearly everything. And we didn't talk about our personal issues because I know you guys have heard me talk many times about wearing a mask growing up and that kind of thing. So when it came to like our personal heart and what was really going on with us or how are we feeling about things, our family for sure struggled to do that. But on a whole, man, I can remember fighting at the dinner table with my grandfather who was like a union man in the Southeast. And I remember arguing with my parents about different things and my mom and dad saying, no, I'm not going to vote for him 
him, I'm going to vote for this person or that person. And they would go back and forth all the time. And so for me, it feels like an almost strictly evangelical problem that we can't talk about this stuff and that we have to demonize whatever we think is Christian or not Christian, which honestly, Mm. if you just sit with that for a second, it's completely absurd. Like it makes no sense. No other religion does this. It is just, it's not godly. It's not biblical. And so I think in my mid twenties, when I was introduced to this, and actually it was through the issue of abortion, which we plan on talking about through this series, I was like, what? I mean, I don't even understand the conversation we're having right now because it was so dismissive of a holistic, nuanced, complex conversation, which is what needed to happen. And so I really do feel like this is strictly an evangelical problem. And so I think um, maybe strictly is too strong. But vast majority of this, I think, is evangelicals. I've only seen Christians doing this. I have not seen just regular people out there who can't have hard conversations about politics and not attribute their identity or the the sum total of what the Bible means to them to a political party. And to me, the rhetoric is shameful and embarrassing. And one of the things I want to hit on too around this is just if you have children in your life and that could be kids that you have maybe you're a caretaker it could also be maybe a young person that you're mentoring a teenager or a little kid that's in your life very often Um, I think it's important for the boundary piece to really be in place when it comes to conversations with kids because there are certain things that I do not want adults to say around my children (laughs) like in our house we believe Black Lives Matter we do not think it's a Marxist organization no matter if some of the the leaders of that organization and notice I said some might have an affiliation with certain ideologies or belief systems. So for us, it's like, no, I'm sorry, you're not going to trash people who are my friends who are in the Black Lives Matter organization and who I know on a personal basis are wonderful human beings who meet in churches, who love the Lord. (laughs) Like you're not going to trash them at my dinner table in front of my kids. And so I think it's important for you to also, if you have young people in your life, to create safe space for them to be having conversations around race or having conversations around um, justice or having conversations around politics that you are not just allowing your in-laws or your or the adults in your life to have these sort of um, demonizing conversations that just would not have happened when I was a kid <laughs> like it just would not have happened and I will not let it happen in my house so I think creating safe space for people you have to know what's okay for you and what's okay for your um, what words are okay in your house and you have to choose carefully and I think we also along that same lines have to discipline ourselves to make sure that if we catch ourselves calling a person a name or feeling utterly frustrated i mean i reached out to tiffany this week i was like girl i'm so mad today like i am so mad today like i don't even know where to put this anger and she allowed me graciously to vent exactly what i was thinking and use all the words i wouldn't normally use (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so i think there's an important safe space for that but at the same time we cannot be the kind of people who are using this rhetoric and who are putting a christian stamp on it like guys we gotta cut it out like we are embarrassing ourselves and we're destroying our witness this is not love it's not what we're not supposed to be known for is our judgment and our criticism and our politics are you guys kidding me right now that's exactly why the lord was constantly constantly critiquing and putting the pharisees in their place because they were religious and they were legalist and they were zealots and the worst part is they didn't even know it they were so blind and so deceived that they did not even know it and so i think that's a good question we can be asking ourselves it's like lord where are my pharisee tendencies how do you see me operating out of legalism and hatred and bitterness and not love and god would you gently and lovingly correct me so i can stop embarrassing the gospel Oh, so well said, girl. As somebody who did grow up in the church and was very much 
um, entrenched in this belief that the right is right. Right, totally. <laughs> and the right is of Christ. And yeah. even hearing you say it as somebody who found faith in your 20s and like, oh, this is crazy town. This is a crazy yeah. town mm-hmm. to think. And, and really, what you know, when you meet at the intersection of spirituality and politics, I think um, you just so badly want your way to be right. And so how do you do that? You have to minimize the image of God. You'd have Uh to minimize it to make it fit the way you think and believe and hope to legislate that for the masses. And that's not, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be engaged. Obviously we know that politics affects policies, which is affects people. So we are, we have to be engaged. We have no, you know, I've get my, um, uh, my youth pastor used to say, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Mm, <laughs> yeah, we said that in the South too. That. All the yeah. Southern Baptists say that, girl. That's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. But it's just like, oh, yeah, no, you there. It, you have to get engaged. You have to get engaged. You yes. think this doesn't affect you? Well, it affects your brothers and sisters. You got to get engaged. You got to yeah. get, get educated. And so just this idea that um, that we want to be right, I think it just goes, yeah. when I especially think about family, you know, specifically talking about your sphere, your close friends and yeah. family, we want to feel like everyone if if you're near me if you're close to me i'm gonna need you to think like me come on i'm gonna need you to value what i value now there's a lot of good to that obviously with shared values are you kidding me of course sure but to the point of you are no longer a beloved beautiful child of god unless you agree with me like hey whoa we need to step step Mm -hmm. step back um one of the passages that come to mind um for me is Galatians, Galatians mm. five, and I'm I want to read it to you from the from the ESV, and I'm just reading the fruit of the spirit. Actually, I'm gonna yeah. even start be- before that. The works of the flesh are evident. It says in verse nineteen: mm. sexual immorality, impurity, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, <laughs> sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions envy drunkenness orgies and things like these notice how those are all leveled how divisions dissensions idolatry is grouped into that of like hey come on that is the work of the flesh yeah i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is yeah. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against yeah. such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. So all those things mentioned earlier, we're willing to crucify those mm-hmm. with his passions and desires. And if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and being one right. another. Right. Woo, goodness gracious. I mean, you could just put, if every Christian just memorized that and started acting like that in this season, I feel like, man, we would be better off. Yeah. (laughs) And our witness would be so different. Thank you for sharing that and reminding that. And I think part of the problem with the fruit of the spirit message is that in Christianity and in a lot of the evangelical world, and particularly white evangelicalism, um, we have internalized the thought that fruit of the spirit means stuff 
It means material mm. goods. It means God's blessing and provision. It means prosperity. And the truth is it's the things she just listed, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And that stuff should be evident in our life, yeah. no matter our circumstances, no matter what's in our bank account, no matter what's yeah. going on with us, the fruit of the spirit should be evident. And so I think it's important that we begin to return to that, like <laughs> that we think about how our witness to the world is coming off. And in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about being a new creation in Christ, you know, that the old is gone and the new has come. And then it tells us that we're an ambassador for Christ and that he's given us the ministry of reconciliation and that God is making his appeal to the world through our life. (laughs) So I think it's a good idea that when people are trying to push their opinions on you or their thoughts, and we've had, we've even had people reach out to us and tell us that their parents are saying, or that a friend or a family member is saying, if they don't vote a certain way, then, you know, certain things are going to happen to them based on the end times and God will feel a certain way about them. And we want to just say no, no, in Jesus name, none of that is true. None of that is biblical. None of that is possible. Okay. So I think it's really important for you to know that this is what should be guiding our life like true scripture not politics you know like we are we should not be known for what we hate and what we're against but what we're for and what we love and when we show up only as what we hate and what we're against we're telling people this is also what god is against and what god hates and that's a big bold piece of pride that that would be our witness to the world not our love but our pride and it is it is Pharisee tendencies. Yeah, so Tiffany, I'm just glad that you read that scripture. And you hinted on this earlier today, but I want to say it again because one of the things I wrote down is that you are not powerless. You are grown. <laughs> like, mm. You are not powerless. You can make healthy decisions in your life about your family, about your closest relationships, about your values and convictions. You can study scripture and you can read the word and you can begin to fill yourself up with good things, with noble things, with things that are praiseworthy and excellent. Like you can fill your heart up and you can make choices that will continue to bring joy and continue to impart wisdom and continue to release good things into the world. You are not powerless, you are grown. And so you have to remember that when people come for you and make you feel bad about the convictions that you might be holding. And sometimes our convictions do need to change, though. Like, that's the other coin, right? Like, sometimes we're just Mm -hmm. wrong. And like Tiffany said earlier, we inherited something because we were raised in it. We were made to believe that certain people who do certain things or have certain values are bad or they're wrong. And so maybe maybe revisit some of that. And maybe some yeah. of your belief systems are wrong and do need to change. And that's an okay thing too. That's part of growing. That's part of studying scripture. That's part of understanding who Jesus is in the world. Like we can all journey forward and change. Absolutely. So well said. Well, listeners, as you can see, this series isn't telling you how to vote. It's no. encouraging you to think critically compassionately and lovingly on how you're walking this season out, this election season, and how you're treating others during the season. So we're with you every step of the way. We love you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.